This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Welcome to Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm Cody, and with me are Kyle and Ken. Hello. Hey guys, how's it going? It's going all right. Surprisingly reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we had a little bit of a break last week. We didn't podcast last week, um, and that's probably good because there was a bunch that happened in the news, and I just <laughs> needed to divorce myself from that and just be like, my industry is not falling apart. My industry is not falling apart. We are all good. We would have had a legit nervous breakdown live on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it was just too much. Woosa. Instead, I was. Mamawasa. We were we were at our uh, lake cabin, being like, "There's a gas leak. I don't have a tub," and panicking over that. So, and you definitely did. The plumber didn't show up. (laughs) No, I didn't need the added weight. The day we had a gas leak, the day the plumber didn't show up, was the same day. Mulan went to yeah. Disney Plus. It was, it was literally the end of the world. The, the, it just would have broke. Something would have broken I, each of your guys' heads. I nearly <laughs> broke that day. I was just like, keep it together, Cody. Keep it together. I know for myself, like getting that news in the office, I'm literally the only one left yeah. in there at this point. And I'm like, oh, this can't be good. Yeah. I'm going to leave quietly and lock the door. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to head home now. I'm not yeah. going to say anything about Where is this. my safe place? Yeah. Maybe it's just me. I'll just walk away and pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah. See what tomorrow brings. Well, on today's podcast, we're going to talk about some upcoming releases. Obviously, we'll touch on the Mulan issue. Um, the AMC Universal PVOD window issue a little bit more. And then the Paramount uh, Decrees issue. And um, we'll get into the fun classic corner and Kyle Sweet and Happy corner. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready so, for it all. So um, let's talk upcoming releases. We finally have some legitimately on the release schedule that will, I am like actually making bookings people. This is awesome. (laughs) So I like to just shout out to Warner Brothers. Thank you for not moving Tenet. And I'm very excited to get going with this. And a thank you, backhand a thank you to Disney and Searchlight for putting their movies on the 28th. New Mutants and History of David Copperfield. Yep. So Mulan is a completely different subject. We're going to separate the art from the <laughs> <Right>. artist here <laughs> and yep. just be excited that we have two new movies from Disney. From Disney. And then um, and Solstice Studios is definitely going with Unhinged on the 21st. So get your paperwork in, people. Paperwork. They can't book you if you're not set up in their system. Yeah, this week was kind of weird because all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait. Like, there's nothing moving. Like, we were actually going forward with it. So I had to make sure in our upcoming releases that we had all the materials that um, our subscribers would need and whatnot. So I was kind of doing a bit of a rush job, but we're good now. We're good. Everything's being set up. We were like, is there early show times? Are there advanced ticket sale dates? What is good? Like conversations you haven't had in six months. Literally six months. (laughs) We now finally have film frames and mini ads for upcoming movies like new mutants, uh, unhinged. Uh, I think there's one more bill and Ted. I think we do. Have some, so check it out there if you guys want some of those types of materials at silverscreeninsider.com. Yeah. It's the so, movies oh, are coming. Good. The movies are coming. <laughs> they it's are. Weird, but it's a good weird, though. Yep. And we all need to make sure that we do our part to make sure Tenet pops. We need, we don't necessarily, people need a big gross on Tenet. Everybody in the industry knows that there's no possible way you're going to open with us 
30 million dollar gross or a 60 million dollar gross but you know if we get like a 20 million dollar gross and then the next week we get another 20 million dollar and it sustains this is what we need to do we need to sustain it and if those benchmarks get sustained then warner's is more likely to keep wonder woman in october and the other studios are more likely to maybe move something up maybe not move something out of you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving. So the, a lot is riding on Tenet. So even if you don't think that Tenet is a movie that traditionally would do well for your theater, or you don't want to give it multiple screens, or you don't want to hold it four or five weeks, we just, we really got to throw out what we normally perceive as a run of a film and just do all we can to make sure this works. Cause there are so many eyes on this film right now. Oh yeah. Especially since it just released um, everywhere else in the world except for the U.S. I think it's – isn't it releasing this week? Mm-hmm. Oh, is it this week? Yeah. I thought it was last week. Or okay. No. My bad 20, then. False is information. Is it 21st? I thought it was either the 21st or 26th. Anyway. We don't pay attention to the international releases, but – No. Well, our, I feel like our listeners fall in, our millions of listeners fall into two camps. <laughs> yeah. Those that are theater owners and operators, and you guys know what to do. Right. Promote. Promote, Promote. tenant – uh, to the end of time. I mean, regular conversations you're having with people outside of the theater, tell them, hey, tenants coming out, please help support us. Right. Get on social media, learn to make a Facebook post and boost it. Not, not Create one. ads, target your audience, do all that stuff. We always tell people you have to have one a day. Yep. You need to have several a day until this. this comes out. You need to, because the studios aren't right now promote. They're doing target promoting. They're not doing the blanket promoting that they used to do. And so it just falls on the pressure of the theater owner and manager to get those butts in seats. Like now is more imperative than ever for that. Yep. And then our other camp of listeners, people who are just curious or interested in the movie industry, get out to the movies. Yes. Go out and see Tenant. Go out and see anything. Even if you're just slightly interested, get out. Right. Get yourself acclimated. Tell people that... The theater was clean. It was sanitized. You were comfortable. If you yeah. were. Um, but if, if you weren't, don't say anything at all. <laughs> and let us know which lie. theater. <laughs> let us know. Be a tattler. Let us know which theater. Yeah. We will cut you, theater. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and I if will you're, shank him. And if you're not quite comfortable yet going to the theater, these theaters are going to be offering all sorts of crazy showtimes. Find a 2 o'clock show on a Tuesday yep. when you can be out there by yourself and go. Mask up, glove up, do whatever right. you have to, or just buy tickets online. Just yeah. support your local. Just buy theater. tickets. You don't have to go. Just Let's support your local theater and yep. get out there. Oh yeah. And I would say it's time. actually more important to buy a ticket and not go than to buy gift cards at this point because they really need to report back to the studio the gross amount. Like it needs to show that people are coming to these movies. And if you like, just buy. Um, a gift card, which is great. It'll help the theater, but it's not going to sh- prove to the studios that they need to be releasing their product now. So yeah, yeah. no un- unhinged on the 21st is going to be our first million dollar weekend. Yep. Most likely the following weekend. New mutants is most likely going to be our first three to $5 million weekend. Mm-hmm. Likely if, if tenant can hit tenant over labor day, if it can hit 10, 12, $15 million, oh they can gosh. really show the film companies that yeah. theaters are viable. This is a real right. thing. Yeah. We can start up. I mean, Tenant's going to run till Thanksgiving. Right. Like these I said, these, for sure. The Tenant isn't going to be a big flash in the pan. It's going to be a slow 
burn. And that's what we need. We need it to yep. show that week after week that you're, it's still being supported and people are still coming and it's still drawing out and new people. And if you have people. extra screens, Warner Brothers is the one to support here. Yep. We should try to get keep Tenet on as long as you can, even if it's one show time, three months from I now. I would say Warner's and Solstice. Yeah. Please like support those film companies through this whole pandemic, this whole time. Warner's and Solstice have been very adamant about being on the theater side they've been super supportive warners especially they they really stepped up lowered their minimums gave a lot of options with their repertory product and they had some of the best deals out there for that repertory product so i you know i just can't say nothing bad about what warners has done during this they they've been the single best film company through this all yeah, and Solstice 2 sticking to their guns and making this work, making it a right. theatrical release, because I'm sure at some point there was an easy out. Oh, yeah. Netflix is like, hey, here's this amount that's going to cover Russell all Russell Crowe, a, a name. It's going to cover all your costs and everything, and you're going to put this much away right. for your next project. I mean, Solstice is betting their whole company on this right now. I mean, yeah. they might not. That's a big gamble for them to be taking. I mean, this is a a big swing. So we want to be able to support them on that. Cause they, oh, yeah. even though they had to move it back a couple of times, they still wanted to be the first one out the gate. And, and, and I would check out their website too. It looks like they actually have some good, um, projects that are about to come out with like some very interesting talent attached to mm -hmm. it. So like check out what they have. Cause they have listed and like detailed on like what these projects are and they sound really cool. Yeah. So we need to support this cause we want to make sure that they stick around. But yeah, Solstice, Warners, let's get it get it out there. Let's support them right now. It's happening, guys. I'm getting giddy. Yay. It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't felt this excited in six months. Kyle, Kyle's <laughs> going to dust off his hazmat suit and see you at the movie. I was right. going to say, like, I'm going to take it out. I'm going to go in at two o'clock on a Tuesday if right. the boss will allow me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> to go see a movie. I will what a so allow job. you to do this. <laughs> I, In fact, I require it of you, Kyle. Oh, I love it. Well, I'll go and, and sit in the three corners of the theater. And I want the most glowing movie review. You would not believe how great this what movie you see. It doesn't matter. It was awesome. I just loved having popcorn. I was in the, movie in the theater, theater again. Yeah. I forgot what I saw. It was better than A New Hope. It was so good. I saw it three times. Uh, so while we do have movies actually being released, there is still like some... Uh, product yeah. that's getting uh, bought by some uh, streamers still. Womp, yeah. womp, womp. So, um, Annabellum, we have releasing on video on demand on September 8th. So, 18th. Or September 18th, whatever. It's video on demand. Not in theaters. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> um, and then I have The Woman in the Window, which sold to Netflix, mm -hmm. and um, a film run which sold to Hulu. Yeah, that was from Lionsgate. It was like a horror thriller that starred Sarah Paulson. Um, kind Anna, of looked was interesting. Was it Annabellum also Lionsgate? It was. Yeah. yeah. What was Come what do you think Lionsgate. the reason what was behind Woman in the Window going to Netflix seeing as how it's a Disney owned title? It wasn't it was a previous Fox title mm -hmm. and they probably just, you know, wanted a bump from it. It doesn't quite fit their I think they're branding. It was, you know, at least um, New Mutants was a Marvel film, so they can put it in their Marvel stuff when they do put eventually put it on Disney+. Plus. But where were they going to put 
woman in the window on their streaming service just on hulu and there's, i there's I not a know. disney plus after dark yeah <laughs> so i think that's it's not why part of their brand <laughs> i think that's why they wanted the cash for it because it wasn't something they could sacrifice to theaters it had some value but it didn't have any value for their streaming brands sure speaking of disney plus so <laughs> i'm actually really surprised by this move from Disney. I felt it was a gut punch to our mm. industry. Um, you know, we always said before that we didn't think Disney would do something like this with this caliber of film because how are you going to make 200 and 300 400 million dollars back? And um and so you always need a theatrical release, but man, this, you know, they announced this before they even saw what New Mutants did in theaters. They didn't even give it a, a chance to see what the potential was for this. They just sent it to Disney Plus and put a premium, you know, streaming price on it. And of $30. Would, I'm, and I'm kind of, not to be positive in this situation, but I'm glad that it's better than 20 Like, I feel like $20 really can change consumer behavior. I think $30 gives a little bit more pause to people because it's not in their mind just $30. It's $30 plus the $8 they've already spent that month. So it gets it closer to that $40 range sure. in people's minds about what they're paying for this film. And um, I think that's not as easy to justify because there's a lot of theaters out there that they could have seen Mulan for cheaper. I mean, it. And there's a lot of theaters in big cities where Mulan in the theater was still going to be more expensive than that. But there was still a lot of local community theaters where tickets are at like eight and six dollars. And and for a family of four with kids and or during a matinee, it would have been cheaper. So, yeah, it's when I heard this news, I thought it was really weird. I mean, it's one thing if people are renting a movie for thirty dollars, like they'll think it'd be worth it since. You, know, you mean buying to, it or buying or rent? Yeah, yeah, buying the movie. But rent, um, but this is only a rental, right? Exactly. Um, so like the rental part of it might put people on pause. Like the fact that they're already spending that eight dollars, like you yeah. were saying, like why should they spend thirty dollars for one movie when they're spending eight dollars a month for right a whole bunch of more content? It could give people some hesitation. But I was always a little worried about Mulan. I felt that the direction they took it taking the comedy out, making it more of a war movie with a wet blanket character was not going to be for American audiences. It was always going to be for Chinese audiences. And so I wonder if they just were like, you know, this really wasn't ever a movie for Americans. So we'll just put it on our streaming site because really it's for these Asian audiences that, because they're going to still do it theatrically where they don't have Disney plus. And I don't know if they have, Disney Plus in China or some of those. It even. does not matter. They are going yeah. to play it theatrically in China. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they want that worldwide box office money to begin with. So that it's just kind of a win for them in the first place. I'm sure that they did want this to be played in American cinemas. Well, yeah, but I, I just don't think it was a priority for them. Yeah. In, in the overall grand scheme of things. So. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, just uh... don't buy it, people. Just don't, (laughs) don't buy into this. It's not a movie that you have to see right away. We all know the story. She defeats the Huns at the end or this witch thing or however they changed it. Mulan wins and she gets all the praise. 
okay, I've ruined the movie for you. Don't buy it. I mean, you can also spend your $8 and be able to watch the original Mulan that Which they made with in Mushu. the 90s. As well as watch the other Disney content that yeah. is available with those $8. The, yeah. In the same way that you're going to be promoting Tenant, it's time to tell people that if you really support small business, if you support cinemas, yeah, you will not rent this movie. Right. And you will wait. Or not watch it at you, you will just, wait till it you do. If you, you support won't us, buy it. you'll skip Mulan. Yeah. Just like Cody skipped the entire AFI top one hundred list. <laughs> you can you can skip Mulan. I skipped not, it at all yet. I don't will. think that was a statement about supporting local <laughs> business though. You will. But just like I skipped Trolls and Scoob, I can definitely skip Mulan. Scoob was a mistake to watch. <laughs> Shouldn't always meet your heroes, Kyle. <laughs> Shouldn't always meet your heroes. You're so right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, well. They announced. Yeah, they announced the news, and we promptly uh, burned all of our Mickey Mouse ears. And <laughs> <laughs> as a, let's and be then, honest, I didn't have those to begin with. <laughs> and then you know, it's you got to separate these decisions right, right now because it's pandemic time. It's okay. we're gonna we're gonna move on from Mulan once right. it's released. We're not gonna got to realize we're not that gonna think about it, but we're gonna support New Moons. We're gonna yeah. support Copperfield. We're, We're going to support what we can and do all that we can as movie lovers, as owners, operators, true showmen and exhibitors out there that our industry is still viable, that this is still an experience that people want and we are going to yeah, the, to make it good yeah. and make, and promote it. The and owners and operators that listen to us aren't here for the uh, quick profits of the movie industry. You guys are no. listening and working tirelessly because yeah. you love movies and right. you love the idea of theaters and watching movies together. Don't. And you may be limited to 50%, 25%, but if you can open, if you can exhibit, please yeah. do. Yeah. If you can do it safely, please do. That's what I love about our industry. Not that you can't make money in it. I'm not saying that that we're all poor and not and penniless, but that you you're not in here for the millions and millions of dollars you're making. You're here because for the love of being able to showcase these movies, to seeing the public, being a part of the community. There are just so many amazing benefits to this to this industry. It's it really truly is magical. It is unlike any other industry that you would ever be a part of. Yeah, nobody that works at a uh, Walmart or Costco or runs a grocery store or an auto parts store is yeah. there for the love of the game. No. <laughs> like, like you guys are. Yeah. A laundromat, they're like, I just really love when clothes are cleaned. <laughs> I love the smell of clean clothes, man. Yeah, yeah you probably I despise love it. Nobody, smell. nobody gets yeah. to walk in their office in the morning and smell popcorn from the night before. Yeah. Like you, you guys are... See a candy counter. Watch excited children come and see characters that they love. Watch old people on their dates that they've probably been on for 50 years. There's just such a variety of amazing experiences that you have with theaters. Watch, Beautiful. Watch yeah. Kyle so quietly to the, <laughs> to the theater without <laughs> making eye contact with anyone. <laughs> Where, it is where's, hazmat suit. Where's, yeah. where's Eric to talk about how somebody tore his ticket wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I am curious, though. Do you guys think that this is going to be a one-time thing from Disney, or do you think they're no. going to be very curious to see if this model Oh, yeah. No, work? this is I, – I feel like this model is something that um, everybody's capitalizing on. All the studios want to do it. I mean, Sony sold Greyhound to Amazon. That It's Apple. just Apple. Apple. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's something that's there and that we always have to deal with. 
And it's not surprising that Disney announces that they have 100 million subscribers globally, worldwide. And then within a few hours announces that Mulan's going to, to Disney+. Plus. I mean, in their minds, I'm thinking, I'm sure they're thinking if we only get 10, 20% of these subscribers, even half, if half of our subscribers buy into this right now, we've made our money back. And so that's hard to compete with. That's real dollars and direct dollars to them. And that's always what they've been after. So that's something that we, we just have to show that yeah, that's quick and easy direct dollars, but that you get even more dollars with us. Yeah, one of the higher ups when I was reading about this decision was saying like this is a one time thing. Well, uh, they're all yada, gonna yada, yada, they're yada. all gonna say that exactly, now. exactly. And I was just like, yeah, but once you see the people bring those thirty dollars over to you right. and seeing how many people might cave in and watch it, mm-hmm. then this will be a different story. No, at and all. that's what makes me really nervous. But I, I think that you know, they're definitely capitalizing on unprecedented times and they, I think are purposely trying to change behavior by offering this. Now they want the behavior of moviegoers to change and it probably will have some fundamental, um, changes to movie going behavior moving forward. Uh, people will have gotten used to this model. They will, um, not, you know, they, you get out of the habit of movie going. And so that's just going to be an issue we have to contend with for now. But, you know, it is kind of a race to the bottom. There are not that many people willing to shell out 30 even $20 consistently and not have the experience, not have mm-hmm. the experience of going out, of, you know, the of being with other people. I mean, you can only have movie night at your house so many times before it gets Trolls stale, a, too. Trolls was a unicorn. Yeah, it was. It was four weeks after... The country got shut down. And the whole country were, was shut down at that point. People were locked yeah. in their houses. There yeah. was literally nothing new. We ran out of Tiger King. We ran out of Michael Jordan's <laughs> last dance. Yes, we did. That was all we had. And our kids were driving us crazy. And, oh, there's a troll. We can ignore our kids for an hour and a half. Sign yeah. me up. Oh, It's it, worth it 20 was, bucks. It was a unicorn. But these things are going to slow down. And right. if, if they don't consistently perform, these will become fewer and further between. Oh, yes. I think, you know, we're worried now, but like Ken said, if they don't consistently perform, which I can't if imagine they are. If we don't support them. Yeah. If we don't do support, not them. support them. Do not support them. But also, I think that we need to keep in mind that the number of people that are going to buy at 30 is not as, is not as many as the number of people that want to buy at 10. And that's not as many as 5 and at $1. So eventually they're going to start devaluing these movies because the value is this perception that there's built in event to these films. Like Mulan was supposed to be in theaters, but now I'm going to get to see it early. If I just pay this little extra bit of money, I'll get to watch it. And, and that works now in this context of this pandemic and it will work for some PVOD movies moving forward. But eventually it's going to be like, well, if they don't play in theaters, what am I real? Where's the value in it? It really just is now turning into streaming movies. And we all know that those are garbage and that we just don't care to click on them. And so they have to support the, they have to support the theaters because that gives a perceived value to these films. So whether the value is I actually go and see them in the theaters and I have that experience or the value is, I'm getting something exclusive if I just pay for it. 
whatever it is that that only is there in the context that theaters exist and that they're a part of the going experience. If they didn't exist or were extremely limited, I don't think people would, would value these films and want to pay 30, 20, whatever it is. And as that goes down, does it really make sense? It's just funny to me that we live in a time where we think it's worth it to pay 30 bucks to have like a movie night in your home. Yeah. When, like back in the days where there weren't any pandemics and no streaming services, like, you know, $2 you pay for a movie and that's your movie night. Like that felt, that was a nice feeling. And yeah. now, I don't know, $30 to me is just, it's just strange to me. Like it makes sense, I guess, when it comes to like the theater industry. Cause right. like, you know, you have families and you have to pay for tickets plus concessions and whatnot. But I don't know. I'm just remembering simpler times and I want those again. <laughs> me too. So, I, you know, I don't think it, this is going to be something that lasts or kills our industry, but it just means that we have to evolve. We have to get more creative and we have to do mo- more work to get those people in. And that's going to be tough. I'm not going to say that's not going to be easy, but it'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. And something else that will be there is friction between the major three. Yeah. Again. <laughs> now we were gone uh, last week, but we did discuss this before about AMC signing right. up with Universal to shorten the theatrical window. Yeah. And then um, last week, uh, Regal and uh, Regal Cineworld and Cinemark announced that they were not happy about AMC and Universal's decision right. to shorten the theatrical now, window. I don't know if this isn't just posturing so they too can get in on the cost sharing, the profit oh, sharing. You absolutely know it yeah. is, but. Let's just let's just be excited. Let's that one be, of the big, let's just two be of the big swayed, three got excited, just like Universal's oh. like, or AMC was like, yeah. forget Universal, we'll never play anything again. Also, fourteen day theatrical window, right? And, <laughs> and profit sharing. I'm just praying that one of them doesn't pull an AMC and does that. I'm hoping nope, that they're actually nope. They were today. We're we are we are 100 skewed by the news cycle no nope, they're good regal like and cinemark are good look at, ken look at this shiny thing oh they hey said the shiny no. thing. they said that it was a bad model yeah, yeah i like it oh i like it and the, and the other reaching around being like where's my share where's here, my here, share here comes the knife in your ribs around yeah. the other side yeah. <laughs> that's okay shiny object today yeah. we'll look at the shiny object so yeah there's probably gonna be they're just posturing for their profit participation. But like I said, I mean, you know, you're not going to only participate for this short time during the pandemic while profits are going to be good. But the slower that you, your slice gets, the less incentive. So I forget which CEO said it, but they said they um, are willing to have conversations with studios, but it just hasn't happened yet. I wonder how true that is. I do. Oh, wonder you know if, that they're talking. That's not that I, true. Yeah. I, I have to think Universal has got into them already and has at least initiated talks and i do wonder if other studios have started doing that with them and amc as well these aren't unions they're businesses so they're always gonna have conversations there's always a line of communication open between (laughs) these guys yeah no read between the lines he says this and right now they're negotiating between half percents (laughs) to figure this out when we get out of this podcast like it's very possible that kyle don't say it's it's, knock on wood i'm knocking on wood currently but you know whenever this happens with us and recording podcasts that something always drops well you know that the theatrical window had to collapse It, it had to condense it was gonna be smaller we're just sitting here waiting for like 
what we hope will be, say, something like a 30-day or 45-day window, and praying for that and hoping that the AMC 17-day window just goes away. That, that, that just does not exist moving forward. Yeah, <laughs> knock on foot. <sighs> Again, we're praying that, yeah, that this doesn't keep getting worse and worse. Right. And that's kind of all we can do. Yep. Yep. So yeah, shiny object. Look at it. It's Yay. nice right now, but you never know. Oh, what is that? Is that a black storm cloud on the horizon? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Shiny object on the other side. Right. It says it says Paramount decrees on on the cloud. <laughs> no, there's no, no, there's no, no, writing no. on the cloud. Right. <laughs> I I know that this this seems like it could be a bad thing because it's a change that has governed our industry for seventy years, but. In reality, I, I think that we're we're gonna it, you're not gonna see a lot of change with us uh, with it. Now, could there be some negative potential? Yes, what the Paramount consent decrees did was um, went against vertical integration of you know corporations with all of the services. So you know, movie studios couldn't own movie theaters, so that they didn't own production and distribution and exhibition and exhibition. Yeah. They didn't own all three components. And so, and that's really governed the way studios have done um, business for like the last 70 years and how the industry was kind of propped up. Now that that's kind of gone away, that has a little bit politically to do with um, an administration keen on getting rid of regulations. And that was pretty low hanging fruit to be like, oh, look, we're getting rid of regulations. Um, Cause that, that didn't have huge massive effects. Will this, change anything right away probably not i don't think that as cash strapped as all the studios are right now that they're like oh i've got money to burn let's buy some theaters will they maybe eventually buy in um and have some theaters to show stuff yes that probably will may happen um it may happen with netflix it was going to happen with the tech companies who were not part of the paramount consent decrees they were not traditional studios they weren't around when that was signed so they were never beholden to Mm -hmm. that so they could have always done that um regulation in the last 30 years they have really not frowned upon vertical integration so that was just happening in other industries as well it was about it was about time it happened to ours so um what if a say a universal buys an amc because they might have a secret sweetheart deal alone you might say (laughs) under the rug or maybe this pvod is a lease to own situation who knows but say let's let's just speculate that that's that's the case and that they may buy into amcs the the real question is is like an anti-competition question is if universal owns say a portion of amc are they going to then still distribute to competitors in those markets? And I think that there's a lot of um, anti-monopoly laws right now on the books. And so I don't think that they're really going to be allowed to say to not, you know, give product to competitors in markets. I think they're going to make it really, really hard. They're going to have a threshold. They're going to have clearances. They're going to have all all these things. But, you know, the clearances have been really been taken to court in the last few years. And while nothing major has been decided on it, um, I think 
there's been a couple lawsuits that came really close to getting rid of clearances. And so that will just be an issue that's already been there with the Paramount consent decrees and will continue to be, I think, litigated in the future. Yeah. And the physical presence of the buildings is something that they're already testing out by going yeah. to these PVOD formats. Right. Well, that's their, that's the, their whole argument is that we, the, that before it was bad for consumers because they weren't getting all of the, they didn't have access to all of the different kinds of media. Well, now they do via technology. And so that makes that argument really hard to say this is bad for consumers. It's definitely bad for theater owners and, uh, and you know, others in the industry, but it, is it bad for consumers? No. And that, I think that's, um, that would be really hard to argue. Well, it looks like that cloud has gone away and the sun, <laughs> is, sun is the sun is coming out. I now, think. you know, you might think about like, well, those decrees also got rid of um, some other nasty things that were happening, including block booking and circuit dealing, where, you know, the studios were saying you have to book all of our titles just to have our good titles. Now, in the case of Universal, that would kind of suck if I had to book every universal title just to get fast and furious nine but in the case of disney yeah we wanted all their titles that was Mm -hmm. not that was not an issue the issue was not being able to have access to all the titles so i don't think block booking is going to become an issue moving forward and as far as circuit dealing that's hard with independence you're not really part of a of a circuit and the circuits play everything that the film companies play so I don't know they there could pricing issues could come into effect with, with some of that, but there's a two year sunset on that. And, and anything that they do would always be subject to current laws and regulations now. So I don't see them like really stiffen anybody. It's funny that you say that block booking doesn't scare you. Cause it kind of does for me, I guess I'm kind of thinking of it from the consumer side. Like I don't really want to, be going to a theater just to see like only Disney titles. Like I would like a wide variety. Right. I would not only like to see, you know, some of the big such as Disney showing their movies, but at least also some of the smaller guys like Lionsgate projects or A24 films. Right. Well, that's not block booking. That, that would be the, they own the, th- Disney owns the theater and is only playing Disney product. Right. But I don't think that. It means, it does mean though yeah. that titles would be left out if a Disney title opens when yeah. Kyle's, artsy artsy fartsy french film comes out from but they can't, you that would be then they have to say to get our movies you can only play our movies on your screens and that i think crosses a line they can't dictate right. what you play they can just say we want x amount of screens we want x amount of show times and we want a certain ticket you know a range of a ticket price but i'm sure the studios would, would try and fight that don't you think what do you mean wouldn't like, they try and fight to have like almost all of their product being shown? Well, but it already is. You have a, a 12 to 15 plex. They are showing everybody. There's no one is getting left no, out. It has to do with the little guys with the limited amount yeah. of screens. And it's it, your mom pause with that's, twins. Right. That's and what I'm at. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm your asking. business. Well, but the problem that with that is the ability. studios don't care about those theaters. So it's a fight for them to even get the product to begin with. The mm-hmm. theaters aren't clamoring or the studios aren't clamoring to get their product in, in those theaters. That's not the issue here. They're, 
they show their true colors in 2012 when they were more than willing to let 20% of the film of the market go on digital conversion. You convert or die at that 35 millimeter. And there was a lot of little theaters said, we, we can't afford this. And they're like, too bad. (laughs) This is what we're doing. So they don't care about that 20% of independence, that lower end, um, you know, section They're They're not, I mean, I have to fight with, Disney and some of these other ones just to say, look, this makes sense in this theater. Family product makes sense. You're not going to lose money on it, but they want certain levels. They want a certain market, um, you know, film rental rate, and they want to make sure they get a certain amount out of every print and a certain amount out out of every theater. And if your theater is on the lower end of that, you just don't make the cut sometimes. So I, Mm. so I don't see that changing at all and as far as the big ones and the only issue is if disney say bought theaters and had disney cinemas yeah okay and then because they branded it disney cinemas they're probably not playing you know warner's titles or these other things and that that's where it but dis disney owns that and they can play whatever they want Mm. in that cinema and, and that's not the issue the issue is if there's a disney cinema and you're, you know, within the same town and Disney says, well, we're not going to give you product because the Disney cinema plays all of it. Yeah. That's where the issue comes in. And I just don't, I hope that that doesn't, what happens when this comes out of this. Yeah. I mean, I don't see the studios. Or right Universal o- Cinema or Paramount. It just, yeah, just makes more sense when you say Disney because you think like, because there's Disney stores. I just think no, that, yeah. that makes that's, them that's more realistic. That's just the example that yeah. we're using. I don't see any of them like in, right away trying to buy out theaters. I mean, they're already no. strapped for cash and they're, you know, focusing on streaming services right yeah. now. That's the game for yeah, them they anyway. Don't, they want direct consumer relationships. Yeah. They want to cut out the middleman. They want to cut out the theaters. They would keep theater. They would, they wouldn't mind theatrical if they could own the theaters themselves. Mm-hmm. And, but it's just that competition. It's just a monopoly. If you, if you withhold that product access from competitors, yeah. Um, and that would obviously be litigated right away. Um, I don't see where the studios would have a leg to stand on saying that this, you know, we're not breaking any laws by not allowing you access to these, you know. You you did say you thought streaming services would be the first ones to probably try and buy theaters, right? At I least that's, down I, the I road, like so. Netflix um those may buy some brick and mortars just because what that allows them to do is say they've quote had a theatrical run and qualify for awards. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. But that could have happened with, with or without the paramount decrees. So yeah, I guess since they technically weren't a part of it to begin with, there was nothing stopping them. That's a good point too. Technically a tech company. They're not a studio. They, they do produce, but that's getting muddled because they do produce their content now. And so what yeah. classifies that it, it's just, it's just so much more complex given the technology. Right. All right. So let's, let's dumb it down then. Let's summarize <laughs> this. Yeah. Disney good. Disney plus bad. Yeah. Cinemark, Cineworld Regal good. AMC bad. Yes. <laughs> Paramount decrees being removed. Bad. Now on to the good stuff. The CCC Cody's Classic Corner. I watched beow, 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 beow. Duck Soup, the like 1930s classic with the Marx Brothers. All of them. I didn't realize there were five. 
Marx Brothers. Were you, thought, did you think there was? Is this a, a question? No, Are yeah. you asking? Yeah. Us? Oh, I know. <laughs> I, sure. I looked it up last night. They're five. Okay. But after this movie, they know. I don't think. I think this was the last movie they were all in together. Touching. Because they had a, a contract with Paramount, and this was the last film that they did with that. And then they kind of all went their own, did their own thing afterwards. I didn't realize there were five. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. Like, did you was, know there was five? No, that's why when you were asking it's me, crazy. I was like, I, you could have told me any number, and I probably would have believed. I've it. heard the name Marx Brothers and Groucho Marx. I just didn't put two and two together, and I didn't know that you put two and two and one. <laughs> that there was more. Huh? Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so, the anyways, movie. <laughs> the movie. Um, it was a interesting mix of. Like miming, slapstick, comedy, um, yeah, it was just musical. Musical, yeah. There was like when just the a hodge shows were first coming hodgepodge up. <laughs> of stuff in there. Um, I have heard the name Groucho Marx. I didn't realize, and I knew he was a comedian, but for some reason, I thought he did more. This is just more stand up. I didn't, sure. or maybe movies. I didn't. Realize he one was so old, like it was in the thirties. Yeah. And two that the this is the I didn't realize his mustache was painted on either, like in that huge it You was, expect them to be able to grow such large mustaches. Back well, then. I just thought the mustache was gen- generally large because you get the Groucho Marx glasses and stash yeah. stuff. So I just it's very recognizable feature and I just assumed it was a real mustache. I never really looked close enough. So when I watched this I was like that's so painted on. It's so weird. <laughs> um, they had a vaudeville background, so it's very much like a vaudeville slapstick, funny comedy. I didn't think it was very funny. I didn't especially. But in the 30s, you would have thought it was hilarious. Maybe. I didn't especially you like. You would have the... said it's on the AFI Top 100 right then and there. <laughs> I just didn't like yeah, the backhanded <laughs> like, humor that, where it was like. They say something funny and then they say something insulting and funny right away. And it was just like, and the insulting was supposed to be funny. I didn't think it was funny at all. Quick quips. That was dumb. Keep it moving, kid. Because it means like, like he was always making, an hour. He's always making fun of his woman benefactor. And she just had to stay there and be like the straight person and just ignore what he's saying. Did she even speak? She did. Yeah. She she reacts, right? She's supposed to react to what they're doing. Oh, fire. Rufus. Yeah. She's like in love with him and yeah, I don't know. This one crack your top 10? No, this was, <laughs> I'm so glad it was short. I could not hit handle anymore. I do. It. I think, I think you might've said this like a few podcasts yeah. ago. Like there are probably some movies that don't need to be on the list anymore. It's yeah. very possible. Duck soup could be one of them. Like, it is could... it the only Groucho marks? I feel like it's only on the list because of that. Like they wanted to highlight these these brothers and this comedy and this this, you know, it's more of like a legacy film than right. actually being really good. Sure, sure. Because they this these one wasn't are mostly legacy films, Cody. Yeah, <laughs> but there's at least some, uh, yeah, quote unquote legacy. But there are some that really do like stay strong to what they're supposed to be yeah. the whole test of time. And then there's probably some where you're like, you know what? This could be bumped out for something yeah. else. Yeah. So that's um, a, that might be a good example. Not of that. the worst, but I, not my cup of tea, let's say. I was interesting, though. I, I don't think it'd be anyone's cup of tea in the year 2020, if I'm being real. Yeah. 
But yeah. it, it's also like a difference in, in got, time. Like you have to think of it in those I was terms. more interested in looking them up on Wikipedia and finding out about their history and their love lives because mm-hmm. there was a lot of divorces going on. Then I was <laughs> about the actual movie I was watching. And yeah, I but, just said they're more interesting outside of that movie than they were. Um, and then that movie was being on this list but it is cool that like movies can at least make people curious about history that's also kind of like that's part of the point of why we have movies is to show moments in history or moments in culture and entertainment Mm -hmm. so that's definitely like a very good example of you know being disconnected from that but at least learning and appreciating could be a word to use maybe i thought groucho marx had a very it like clear voice and that it sounded very modern like the way he spoke in that movie sounded like in the, and maybe how quick he spoke sounded more modern because when the, when his lady benefactor spoke, that sounded like how you would think move that people would talk in movies back in the thirties. Sure. And he, he talked like how they talk now. I Which would say interesting. more. Yeah. And that it, to me, it was like, I feel like he's a modern like actor stuck in this old film rather than, you know, um, I mean, certain parts of comedy, you know, there's always ways to where it gets passed down and gets molded to where it, it works yeah. better for. Well, I think he just talked time. like um, he would if he was with people ra- rather than uh, I think a lot of actors at that time had been stage actors. So they sure. talked like they were acting on a stage, yeah. really like pronounced and I don't know, like just it just sounded different it sounded like from a bygone era yeah. and he sounded very much like he uh was just a modern guy trapped in that 30s film i mean i'm sure he wasn't a stage actor no he think. was a vaudeville uh actor it's... they went around and did little shows and stuff on stages on stages yeah but he didn't <laughs> like it's, it's he wasn't a... like classically trained no, like shakespearean right, right. where you bring some of that back to you the... almost had me <laughs> yuppies over there it was not well, a stage just... actor yeah, and he didn't talk like that that's what i'm saying yeah <laughs> he was no jimmy stewart well no he was no mumble mouth but okay so for your movies next week you get to choose the category oh, gosh okay a western okay cop movie War movie, <laughs> or all my favorites, modern classic, which hmm. for AFI means from the late eighties, early nineties, because that's as new as it gets. <laughs> um, again, maybe bump some out. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm torn between the modern classic and the western. Actually, I would choose the western. What year is the western from? Seventy mm-hmm. four. It's not a modern classic. Six, <laughs> quote unquote. Let's try the Western. 69. Western. So you have the choices of Wild Bunch, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, or The Searchers. Let's do Butch Cassidy because I've actually booked that a bunch of places. I've never seen it. All right. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Come yeah, you have next it, week. folks. Prepare for Cody to be annoyed and frustrated. <laughs> you thought Once you again. hated Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're in for a treat. Who's in this one? <laughs> this is uh, Paul Newman. Okay. Thinking Paul Newman. He does the salad dressings. <laughs> I just, just know kidding. that all... He was an actor. I just know that they're all going to be much more mumbly than oh, perhaps Jimmy Stewart was. 
<laughs> yeah, the Paul Newman, Robert Redford. Robert Redford, yes. okay. I don't know why I blanked on his name. Okay. <laughs> no, the good thing that you looked it up because I was trying to search for it too. <laughs> I was like, wait, who, who was that? But, okay. Now to so Kyle. For Kyle me, right? got to watch a nine day with Tom Cruise. We were on a roll yeah. with this kind of like comedy, romance, spy situation. So what do you think? What did we decide? That uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith was the A title. Yes. And then Killers is the C, C title. Version. Yeah, so this and is this like is the, the B. B movie. Yeah. What do you think? Is it the B movie? Yeah. But I actually give it more credit than that. Yeah. I actually did enjoy uh, watching it a lot more than I thought I would. Because Tom Cruise is good. It's just oh, yeah. in that role, I actually like him. In yeah, that. no, I, I liked He's him too. Funny. He, he was funny in it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know that he has like some comedy chops June, to him, but June. like. <laughs> yeah. He's like, with me, without me. With me, without me. You're not seeing my hand motions right now, just listening to the podcast, but it's a funny you, part in the movie. Just, just look up the clip for it and yeah. you'll be able to find it. Uh, no, I mean, it was Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise, but it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just wasn't really expecting, you know, this type of subgenre of like romantic action type of movie to be as entertaining as with, I was. With and a, Tom Cruise makes the most of with it. With a massive budget. It was. Like, you're like, I've never heard there. of this movie. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they spent $120 million to yeah. make this movie. That, I've never heard that's of. not Paul Dano in it, is it? It yeah. is. Yeah. Paul yeah. Dano, Cameron Diaz. Woof. Viola Davis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, it was... The cast is like, really? <laughs> it is a really good... I think it's a really good cast. Yeah. I mean, Pierce Arsgaard's in there too. Yeah. I didn't realize it was directed by James Mangold as well, who recently did like Ford v. Ferrari. So as yeah. soon as I saw his name, I was like, holy crap, maybe I'll, I will like this movie. And I ended up having a good time with it. It's definitely better than Killers. Like there's no... <laughs> I mean, yeah. if we're comparing the three, it's no competition. But it, right. it's pretty close to how much I enjoyed Mr. and Mrs. Smith though. Like it's... I'm torn i think i like it slightly better than mr and mrs smith I only because you. only because i think for me now angelina jolie is like i know tom cruise is crazy but angelina jolie is like a dirty crazy that i just don't <laughs> scary crazy and the fact that they like Careful, got, she might hear this <laughs> got together and then broke up in it it just it ruins it a little bit for me so i think sure but I, it was it was a little strange when tom cruise and cameron diaz were you know drugging each other yeah like that was probably the one thing where i was cringing at where i was like eh, could you get away with that now maybe maybe not but <laughs> i mean at the same time though it still had like it's funny moments that's for sure right well yeah before we get to Co the rest of cody's oh. list i was thinking about other couple spy movies that fit oh, in the genre me, i'm just let me mark this has off. now i'm, I'm assuming kyle's seen it because it's you it's may, a major title, but you may be surprised. Things that have been off this list, or that are, that's in oh, this in this subgenre, like I was talking about. Have you seen True Lies? No. I so this, what? So I told if, you, you may so be surprised. If, so if Mr. and Mrs. Smith is an A title in this, sure. True Lies is an A plus 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 plus. I have plus. heard great things about made by True Lies. James Cameron, yeah. starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, and. Uh, still on cocaine, Tom Arnold. Yep. So the good Tom Arnold. <laughs> the yeah. good Tom Arnold. I mean, this has, this is going to like blow your mind that you miss this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is. I mean, I kind of want to give him more to think of, of a lovey romantic one, but that one's so good. And I think you I should have, do that I, one. I, I have heard great like things it, about but it. But this is yeah. like, 
as far as like well-rounded, this may be one of the best, most well-rounded James Cameron movies. Yeah. yeah. It has all of the romance and comedy and action and mm. it's over the top, but it has all of those things in it. Like it's surprising. But they were all bad. It's <laughs> yeah. my favorite line in the whole movie. But, but they, yes, I killed people, but they were all bad. <laughs> no, and especially it. if you go into it without yeah. um, researching it or looking into it anymore, you'd be surprised at people that show up. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really, that's, uh, that's a great one. I was looking through the list just now and I'm like, okay, let me write I it wonder down. if he's seen this because it was one of those like, if you were... If you were born in the 90s, in the 80s, you absolutely saw it. It was just part of the, the culture. Yeah. But if you were not, <laughs> if you are born in the late, late I was 90s, born later 90s. Late 90s. Yeah. So, then yeah, it could have been fair. missed. And it did. So I'm I'm fine with that. All right. I'd love to yeah. watch that one. True lies. There oh, we go. I'm jealous. Could have watched Butch Cassidy. <laughs> oh, man. A Western classic. I'd rather watch True Lies. So much better. <laughs> Why not both? already. Why not both? I might watch to. Butch Cassidy. Kyle's yeah. been keeping up with you. What did I want to watch at the cabin the other night? I was like, we should stay up and watch this. And now I can't remember what it was. Butch Cassidy. No. <laughs> well, uh, anyways. We, yeah. We, Bridge we on we the don't River have the Kwai. Answer. Don't have the <laughs> answer. It was something really cheesy. I love how during this pandemic, I've been rediscovering all these old movies. That's that, Well, weirdly enough, it's a good thing the pandemic did happen. So that yeah. way at the time while we started doing this segment right it kind of worked out at least in that smallest little aspect of it being positive but everything <laughs> yeah. else is bad like for oh, yeah. sure no oh yeah everything we forgot that this pandemic, pandemic bad pandemic yes bad. in case if everyone forgot we're still in the pandemic it's still bad <laughs> but we're actually getting movies like there's movies actually being released soon did you guys or next hear week. that they're gonna remake um home alone yeah that was like a while oh, ago wasn't it i was just thinking about that but Ken um, brought up a funny meme about how um, they should recast Macaulay Culkin as Macaulay Culkin as he is now. And as have, an adult? Yeah, as an adult. There was a commercial that so, kind of did that, Yeah, right? he did a commercial yeah. with the Super Bowl where he played himself. But there was some somebody started an online petition to have Macaulay Culkin at 38 play Macaulay Culkin at yeah. 10. And nobody mentioned that he <laughs> is not a child, obviously. Like, yeah. like he still has He's an adult in this house. And then uh, there was a Macaulay Like Culkin. a millennial that just yeah. never left. Yeah. 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 Macaulay Culkin retweet back that said, I absolutely despise this because I'm not 38. I'm 37. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm in. So yeah. he and totally then he goes, would and then, be down. And then I will do it. I accept. <laughs> That's amazing. I remember like two years ago, there was this story going around that like Ryan Reynolds wanted to remake home alone but it was like gonna be a stoner comedy yeah so it's kind of like what you guys are probably saying that it's a millennial who's just also a stoner i think that would make it (laughs) so much more fun for me to watch rather than a little kid at home worried about the kid being lost and alone and And scared and bad guys are trying to get to him no this would be so much better it's so funny because home alone it's it's like a a childhood movie that like people my age grew up with, yeah. but I never saw them. I never saw those movies for some reason. Like I would see like the covers of like the home alone movies. And I see Macaulay Culkin doing like the face, you know, and yeah. I would just be like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like for some reason, even my five-year-old brain, I was like, that doesn't look cool to me. So no, I think like the remake would be like Anna Kendrick, like <laughs> stuck in her house and the yeah. guys are trying to get to her. And she's like, I'm I'm a smart independent woman and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> knock these guys out with a paint can flying off my banister. Yeah. 
That'd be awesome, actually. <laughs> I'd see it. Why not? <laughs> and then she has a ditzy friend, Anna Ferris, that's trying to run around and get caught all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, maybe Anna Ferris needs work. Maybe that could work. I don't know. She's <laughs> <sighs> uh, got all that overboard money now. I know. D- it, was remake. it a lot of money? Have you seen the original Overboard? Mm, no. Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. <sighs> For some like, reason, I was thinking Mel Gibson. I'm, he's like, I'm thinking of a different. That's movie. Bird on a Wire. Yeah. Is, is that what I'm thinking of? Goldie Hawn and Mel Gibson. Okay, that's right. another one. <laughs> Put on the list. I mean, sure. You know what? If you want a Mel Gibson romantic comedy movie, you should get Maverick. Should watch Maverick. I'm hearing that's a western. Ken to that's my a side. western. I... Can I watch that one? It's obviously not on the list. Damn it. <laughs> okay, fine. I don't, uh, think, I don't think Mel Gibson's on the list. <laughs> Braveheart, it's not on the list? No. Oh, that. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. That's, oh, that's I a thought, little surprising. Yeah, I thought that would, would be. Yeah, you'd think. Oh, oh right. Maybe I think of Gladiator. I got, that, we got a funny story from the other day. I asked Ken to <laughs> book Stand By Me. Does everybody remember the classic coming of age story, Stand By Me? Yes. Right? Yep. And he, Ken goes, Have you even seen that? And I'm like, Yeah. I've seen that one. And he's like, what's it about? And I'm like, these kids go on a search for a dead body. And he's like, what? <laughs> so, so, so. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, who's in it? And I'm like, I couldn't think of the other kids, but I was like, River Phoenix. And he's like, what? She's nailing so, it. So, I know. so I had a very different memory of the title of this movie. I grew up in a very diverse area with very poor schools that resembled the uh, schools in Stand in, and Deliver, not Stand By Me. Stand <laughs> so and Deliver yeah. is the Edward James almost. I've not seen that movie. Project <laughs> about poor schools and him being a great teacher. And yeah, so there was a little bit of miscommunication there. But uh, What a role reversal. Normally yeah. it's Cody that's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but Absolutely. now Ken's like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> we were not communicating. And then I was, and I I was like, there... then he looked it up and I'm like, yeah. Then when I saw the cover, I could name the other people. And I was like, yeah, it's fat kid Jerry O'Connell. And Ken was like, Jerry O'Connell was fat? I'm like, yeah, that's part of his story. That he was a fat kid growing up and that he lost all the weight and got to turn into a beefcake. <laughs> Anyways, if what? You, These are the really intellectual we're, we're conversations to, we have in our office. We're trying to dig in uh, for quotes for social media. That's the one, Kyle. Yeah, I think <laughs> no, I found it. Jerry McConnell was fat kid and then he was a beefcake. That would get clicks. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this one up. Okay. All right, everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, you can find other of our episodes on many podcast platforms and at silverscreeninsider.com. And there's movies that are being released. So if you need to get prepared for like new content, go check out the website mm-hmm. to get all the marketing materials and information that you will need for them. Yep. Or just Google uh, Fat Kid Jerry O'Connell, now Beefcake Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> and you'll find the link immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.